Welcome to our podcast, Deconstruct. My name is Lauren. And I'm Adam. On this podcast, we want to help start or continue conversations about the beautiful and messy parts of life. Although we both had a conservative upbringing, we've since grown out of a lot of our traditional ways of thinking. We're learning to deconstruct the religious lenses we once saw the world through, breaking down topics like purity culture, racism, and the patriarchy, while demystifying things like feminism, equality, and love. Stepping away from our evangelical church background, all the while leaning into God and moving forward in our faith. We'd love to hear your story. You can find us on Instagram at deconstruct.pod. Now, on to the episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today we have Crystal Cheatham, and she is the CEO and founder of Our Bible App. She received her MFA from Antioch University and is an LGBTQ plus rights activist with a focus on religious liberty. Since 2011, Crystal has worked simultaneously as a ghostwriter and queer rights activist with groups such as Soul Force and the Attic Youth Center. As an entrepreneur, Crystal is the founder of two projects, Follow the Red Balloon and the Identity Kit both of which provided resources for marginalized communities of faith. As an outspoken activist, she has written for the Huffington Post on the intersections of faith and sexual identity, a faith and spirituality column for the Philadelphia Gay Newspaper. Sat on the steering committee of the HRC as the faith and spirituality chair and partnered with Equality PA to influence clergy to support non-discrimination legislation. She is the host of Lord Have Mercy, a podcast about God, sex, and the Bible, and has been featured in Teen Vogue, Auto Straddle, and LGBTQ Nation, amongst others. So, Crystal is a busy woman. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> of course. We're so honored that you uh, you said yes um, to be on today. We're so excited for this episode. Um, and like we just heard, you do so much, and you've done so much. Um, but could you give us a little bit of your personal background? Yeah. I mean, bios are so interesting because <laughs> they take your entire life and they just come like throw them all together. You know, like right. everything in that took a lifetime of 35 years to actually accomplish. Yeah. yeah. But um, <laughs> I guess I was raised a Seventh-day Adventist. Um, which is a really fundamentalist uh, denomination. And um, I spent my time uh, in that space singing and, uh, you know, being a part of my family life because everybody in my family is a Seventh-day Adventist or Mm -hmm. a leader in the church. And um, upon graduating from Andrews University, I came out as a lesbian and that started my journey um, towards all of the things that you uh, mentioned in my bio, yeah. the follow the red balloon, the identity kit project, uh, working with soul force and, um, you know, going to universities and schools to talk about the LGBTQ among them and advocate for them. And, um, I think that being a Christian and a lesbian and a black woman have just kind of identify, have really grounded and identified the work that I continue to do. So I think that's the missing piece there. I'm an out Christian. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. And I'm assuming so, you know, we're not totally familiar because we come from a more conservative and evangelical background, although I kind of, I grew up Methodist as well. But so with Seventh-day Adventists, I would assume that being, you know, lesbian or queer LGBTQ is not, is certainly not affirmed and in that no position. no okay. no not at all so when you came out in that you said that was after college actually it was like right before I graduated okay. um in the summer before I left yeah okay and was that was that a turning point in with your relationships with your family um had you left kind of the Seventh-day Adventist practice by that no, point? No, okay. absolutely not. Like, yeah, it was a, a turning point with my family. But um, I mean, I'm one of the lucky few whose mother embraced her. Awesome. And um, 
each of my brothers kind of, uh, about faced and did the same thing. And, um, that inspired them to do their own work on yeah. LGBTQ stuff. And I think right now, um, my immediate family has all kind of segued away from Adventism. I've not, not because of that, but in part because of, mm. um, having a lesbian daughter and sister. So right. I got lucky, <laughs> yeah. but my greater family is still Adventist. And while they accept me, um, their beliefs are not on par with, you know, who I am on the day to day. So mm. I know that's hard for them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you, you had mentioned that some of your family was in leadership with, with the church. Was that any of your immediate family or was that just your extended family? Um, all extended family, uncles and grandfathers and everybody's either a pastor or an elder or, you know, the president of a conference kind of a thing. So my family across the world has always been Seventh-day Adventists. Wow. Okay. Is that, um, cause I, I saw that you spent formative years in, in Zambia, Africa. And is that, yeah. is that a, is there a lot of seventh day Adventists there or was that later on? Oh yeah. My mom is uh, Zambia African and she grew up on a mission, mm. which was like, uh, I had a school and a hospital and all these things um, built by my grandfather mm. who had become a Seventh-day Adventist due to, you know, just the church's influence on that part sure. of, uh, of the world. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Very cool. And at what age did you come to America then? Oh, my mother came to America when she was 17, met my dad. Okay. So I lived in the U.S. and then my parents went back to Zambia as missionaries. Oh, got it. Which are like my first memories, you know, yeah. of, you know, <laughs> being a little human were yeah. in Zambia. Yeah, that's awesome. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah. So we came back to the States when I was like six and we go back home every once in a while. But, you know, we're here for the most part. Yeah, it's interesting that you call that home. That's really cool. That's really awesome. Heck yes. <laughs> <laughs> so then, all right, I, I'm curious as to how you, um, because you are the, the founder of our Bible app, which includes so many yep. different people of all different walks of life and spirituality and affiliations, even with religion. I think the bios is from agnostics to, I'm um, to, to Christians, to whatever that you is that, yeah. whatever it is that you would identify with. And so I'm curious for you and your walk and your journey, what do you, do you have something that you identify with um, as far as your uh, faith goes? Um, you know what? It's, it's, it's strange because so much of, of like my preset ideas still hinge on Seventh-day Adventism. Mm. I think that in my everyday life and the way I navigate relationships, I'm still quite conservative. Yeah. But um, as far as, you know, my deconstruction and getting to understand the Bible and kind of undoing some of those, um, some of those like preset ideas of who God is, you know, that's still in works. But mm. right now I, I go to a, um, a, pres a, a Presbyterian, a UCC Presbyterian church. Okay. okay. And, uh, yeah, I love, I love the messages. I love the community. Um, I think I've really found a home there, but yeah, I don't, I don't identify as that being my denomination. Yeah. So what was it then? Do you feel like your family being in leadership with the church was something that led you into a space of, you know, doing so much work as starting a Bible app? Or I, maybe, maybe it's in my genes. I don't know. <laughs> but like, I just, I mean, I went to church schools from the time I was in kindergarten all the way up. And um, I just... I have, you know, I fell in love with the Bible and I fell in love with God. And when I came out, you know, that wasn't something that I thought I needed to compromise. In fact, mm -hmm. I thought it was something that I needed to fight for because I believed and never, never didn't believe that God loved me and that I was fine and that the Bible included me. So I went on a mission to, um, to support other people who were hurting like I was and to kind of create a space for us in, in Christianity. And so that is, those are the pebble stones of all of the work that I've, that I've done. Yeah. I love that. Did you find those people on that path 
the the people that resonated with you and and like helped start and found and build this thing from the ground up? Yeah, I mean, I found I found the most amazing humans who were not Christian and had and you know, but were exercising parts of the Christian faith that I held dear in ways that I respected and admired and loved. I found people who were progressive and amazing ministers who were preaching things that made so much more sense than what I had been uh, taught as a child. Mm. And so, you know, I think one of the most profound moments was when I was, um, I was actually in uh, Nashville and I was working with, um, Vanderbilt Divinity School. Hmm. And we, we, we led a protest against the, um, oh gosh, what is it called? The, uh, the ones man, with the I'm signs? Kick... Yeah. The Westboro no. Baptist ones? <laughs> no, 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 no. The, um, man, it's this huge convention that's held at the Opry, um, the Opryland Hotel. Um, hotel. Yeah. This huge, uh, this huge, conference and it's just like every single um media creator in in like in like a conservative space so radio stations and journalists and i mean and uh publications and all that they come together and they uh they have this conference just like thousands of people around the world and yeah so we were there we were protesting and um i got to meet uh, queer ministers and you know that Vanderbilt has this amazing divinity program mm. where they are where they are churning out young ministers who embody embody this this like this glowing and exemplary um, faith that is surrounded around around Jesus surrounded around healthy ways of, of viewing sex and I had never discovered this before mm. ever and so I walked away from that thinking, number one, I need to find a way to partner with the Divinity School. But also, I'm really frustrated about not having reading material and things that speak to me as, you know, a growing black woman, you know, struggling with queer, not struggling with queerness, but just trying to find her way. And nobody actually addressing it, you know, like Mm -hmm. there's no, there was nothing in the middle. There was nothing like... um, Everything, every every single book was okay. You're a woman of God, and you need to uh, save yourself for marriage. And but it, I mean, and and those those conversations were honestly they were fine, but they didn't address any of the other stuff that you would be dealing with if you did decide to save yourself till, till marriage, right? Right, right? And so it was just the lack of information that was so frustrating, um, and. Yeah, I think I've answered your question. Now yeah. I'm just rambling. Yeah, but- <laughs> no, for sure. Like you, you created a space for all of that information and all of those writers and all of those speakers to to create access to that information. Yes, yes. Um, starting at, on who I found at Vanderbilt, that was really important to me. That's awesome. I love that. You know, we started. Um, we really started the deconstruction process, like head first basically two was that two years ago um and so i was so happy to find our bible app because it hey thanks i you know i had the the bible app right so the one that's like you know the brown bible whatever you versions bible (laughs) versions bible app yeah (laughs) so i had that but it was really hard because it was so like all of the devotionals and all of the messages were kind of just like forced in your face and i really became like uncomfortable even like opening up that app um just because of all the messages that were just there and thrown at me um and so whenever i discovered and it was pretty quickly on in my deconstruction that i found our bible app um, when I found it, I was so happy that I could, my Christian faith, essentially I didn't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, yeah. and it was so helpful for me to see that it was, it was kind of like the first time I ever saw a progressive Christian faith, um, online, you know, I had seen, really cool. I had seen people, individuals, but it was like, it essentially was kind of like this community. So I was like, oh, this author and oh, this podcaster, oh, this, you know, writer, whatever. And I was like, wow, there's, it's more than just me. And it's obviously more than just one or two other people. There's, 
there's a community here um, that's to be had. And so it was very cool for me to see that, but then also to be able to click on and read the Bible and not feel scared of the other messages that I was going to potentially uh, basically be ingrained with or, you know, whatever. So, um, so thank, thank you for, uh, (laughs) for the hard work. Your brain needs support and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I love hearing that story. That really warms my heart. And I understand that, like, you know, even version has a place in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really, it's very corporate and it, it is very, um, and the messages are really generic, you know? Yeah. And I find that that is a great place if you are becoming a new Christian, that can be a nice place to start. Yeah. But I think that our Bible app offers like real growth and answers to hard questions. And, you know, there it's, it's, it gets really meta into the stuff that we're dealing with today. Right. And you are able to find the community that it, that that you need right now, you know, right. <laughs> especially now, you know, during COVID when nobody can leave their house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, exactly. And has that, um, how has that been for, I guess, the, the app and the other things that you do? Is it been during this, this pandemic, you know, 2020, has there been more people looking for that sense of community or has there been a drop in the app use or what basically what are the analytics I'm asking you for the nerdy details yeah (laughs) no I mean at first we did experience just like a huge drop and I think everybody and that was just I think March and April when everybody was just freaked out yeah we didn't know if we could go outside we didn't know if we would have if this would mean that we would never be able to work again. So I think that people canceled their subscriptions and were just like, uh, what is the world coming to an end? Um, but after that, in May, June, July, you know, everything started to click back on and yeah. continue to rise. And so right now we are, con- we are seeing um, the kind of growth that we saw when we first launched the app. And we're seeing more and more people subscribe. Our chat rooms are lighting up. And um, we are finding it easier to reach out to people and find out what kinds of content they actually want to see in the app. So, I mean, I actually think we're we're we offer a really great service in that we offer community for people who can't go to church, you know, right now. And (laughs) there's a way to find, you know, worship materials like um, we have this audio devotional called Pass the Salt. And it's Mm. 365 days of devotional readings. And it's just like such a great day to just like wake up and and do a little worship and start your day. And um, (laughs) I think it's, 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 you know, really cool tools like that, that are allowing people to continue to practice their faith, even though they can't, you know, leave the house really and engage with people. Yeah. Um, I love that. I love that so much. It does give that it really meets somebody where they are at uh, in their spiritual journey, which I, which I love because if you're looking for a devotional, that's just talking about healthy sexuality and in context of, you know, being a whole person and that means body, mind, soul, um, there's that. Or if you're looking for something that's more based on Bible verses and kind of more of like a Bible study vibe, you have that as well. And there's even, podcast actually i think our podcast is now up there so. your podcast is totally on there it's yes. really cool <laughs> it is really cool i love partnering partnering with people like this it's awesome so i'm curious it now i know you built this app out of a place of like desire to have to have all of this information available to everybody to really build a community for people but as we know uh as content creators and 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 people that are kind of like pushing to to put things out and to create for our community do you feel like you get an opportunity to use it like is it built for you do you get to do the meditations and the worship and all of that or do you have to find that elsewhere now 
No. And in fact, you know, something really did change with our, um, with our publishing schedule. When we first launched, we were receiving and in fact, trying to find those items that were like, oh, so you're going through a change in your, in, in your faith and, and this is why, you know, we have to change and we have to deconstruct and reconstruct, like really just angsty. And at mm. that, at that breaking point, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, um, as, as, as like, I, it may be, maybe it, it, it is this personal, but as my faith has evolved, I have sought out those authors who are doing deeper work. Mm. And thankfully enough, I have a team who is able to help guide that as well. Yeah. And so we have seen this, this real, growth in the 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 I guess I want to say the richness of Mm. the of the content that we have and I don't know I am I'm always floored by the authors who submit more and more so I mean I can just I can just rattle off a list of names of people that um, I discovered on the internet or ran into in my email in my inbox and then they wrote something for us and it just blew my mind. And wow. I mean, this app is helping me evolve, you know, and become yes. a better human. And I can't say every day that I am a good human because <laughs> there's plenty <laughs> of times when I, when I go to the grocery store and I'm like, man, I just cut that person off. I'm such a dick. I know I'm a dick. <laughs> I can't stop sometimes. But <laughs> can't be controlled. <laughs> I can't. Um, but yeah, it, it, it still works for me. And yeah. Um, that isn't, that's really, that's a good question, guys. That's not usually something I talk about is how it's affecting my faith. Yeah. And I saw two of my, two of my favorite people uh, have submitted and have, are on um, our Bible app and have oh, a who? devotional. Uh, Caitlin Curtis and Joe Lumen. Yep. My native ladies, my indigenous Amazing. Humans. They out here blowing minds. Oh, I know. Seriously. They are Joe so Joe Lumen is amazing. I, I have so many more projects in mind for her if she'll continue to work with us. <laughs> Just her voice is so prophetic. Same I, with know. I know. I yeah. know. It's crazy. So Joe, it's so funny. I, I'm so inspired by both of them, but like Joe's fire just like – I just chase after her fire. I'm just like, wow, she is an inspirational woman. I've offered to even help her start a podcast because I'm just like, girl, you need it. You, she doesn't yep. need it, but like, I would, I need it. <laughs> yep, the world needs it. <laughs> so I'm, so I'm really thankful that you know, there's there's people like that, and um, especially because so I'm an I'm an indigenous woman. My my dad mm. is native. My mom is white. Um, and it's been an interesting journey to um, essentially figure out how how to decolonize my faith, also other things in life. I mean, decolonization moves beyond just spiritual practice, um, but that plays a big part. And so, you know, knowing women who and other, and not just women, but specifically for me, following after and reading um, things from indigenous women who are still, whether it's loosely or not, identifying with the Christian faith. Um, and in our, like I said, in our indigenous, it's helping me figure out what, what it is I can keep and what is sacred and what is whole for me and my faith and what it is and what is not and what has been harmful for me and what has been not just harmful for me, but for my ancestors and just relanguaging and relearning. So yeah, I'm really, I'm really thankful that, um, they are, they are there on, on our Bible app. The cool thing about, um, decolonizing your faith. And I really love that you use that word personally. Mm -hmm. Um, just of like my family history, I started to tell you, but anyway, but just that it asks you to take your faith personally. Mm. And I think growing up as a Seventh-day Adventist, we cared so much about proselytizing. We cared about spreading the good word and making sure that everybody was saved and that, you know, everybody would go to heaven and, you know, that you get these, these two parts of Christianity. One is the mission-based going Mm. out and telling yeah and the other is self-help right Mm. and 
I think that when you start to decolonize your faith, you start to realize that there is this whole part of it that's just about you and how you see the world and how you operate in the world. Yeah. So it's not about, dear God, help me to stop sinning. It's, mm. dear God, how do I actually love Black people and enact justice and show up mm. for the homeless and, you know, the list goes on and on and on and on. And what do I actually think about what the Bible means when it says, um, you know, this thing about uh, Sarah and Jacob and Abraham and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that that is the work that really makes your soul grow, you know, mm. that really makes the gospel shine out of you in a way that is uncontrollable, you know, right. like I just, I love it so much, but it's really hard freaking work. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We've been yeah. talking about uh, like a lot lately, uh, the challenges of being an activist for like your own cause, not just, you know, going out and, and being an activist for somebody else, for somebody else's thing to stand up and be an ally. So you have been a ghostwriter as we had mentioned yeah. in, in your bio does it feel easier for you to write anonymously or, or do you find it more inspiring for you to be a featured writer? Like, do you want your name attached to the things you're writing about or does it feel easier to just kind of stand and, and let the writing speak for itself? Yeah, I, I really am moving. I've definitely shut the door on ghostwriting mm. and that yeah. was something that was integral to making money in my twenties. Yeah. But now that I've created this app, and the app has its own place in the world that isn't, you know, securely attached to me and my thoughts and my feelings. Yeah. I'm feeling a lot more capable and secure in in writing and, and putting stuff out. I actually started writing a book. Um, <laughs> but yeah. That's exciting. It, a, it is exciting. And um, I plan on publishing my first devotional in the app um, in September. That's um, awesome. Yay. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. That's great. I love that. I think, I mean, of course, like, so yeah, I wasn't sure where the ghostwriting came in, but it definitely makes sense. Like go, there is money in ghostwriting, of course, since you're doing work for other people. Yeah. But it's, I'm so glad that you'll be having a devotional in September. I'll definitely be checking that out. Everybody else should check it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. So, is, and the book that's, that's separate, right? So that's like a different thing. Yeah. You know what? I just think that, you know, those of us who are going through this process of deconstructing and reconstructing need a little fire under us to do it and mm. to create more community around it. And yeah. so without going into detail, I think that is just the framework of the book of how we as a community can can kind of build the scaffolding of of like a financial structure, mm. of uh, community-based uh, leadership, of, of just all of these like tiny things that that I think modern day the corporate Christianity has, and just kinds of and that kind of morphs us and makes us think that we are alone. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, that's exciting, amazing. So, did, was that a <laughs> was that a quarantine project that started, or was it been a long, long time coming? Definitely started in quarantine. <laughs> Too much time to think. Amazing, I love that. You know, I've considered my own book as well. I haven't written anything, not not a word. But you know, still, still considering the thought. The thought definitely has been born from quarantine. So, there has to be some good, right? That we we pull from this year, this 2020 year of isolation, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of, I love the, I love that you have devotionals on the app based off of that. I mean, that's just, it, it's so, it's so current and that's so important. Yeah. I mean, you guys should write a devotional. Have you thought about that? We haven't, but we could definitely could. I, I mean, I love writing. I feel like ever since I don't know if you knew this, um, but we were both in the Christian music industry for most of oh, our yeah. lives. Um, mm -hmm. And so once I kind of wasn't doing music full time, I realized my love really is with writing. Um, so whether that's like, you know, blog posts or way too long Instagram captions or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> YouTube videos, whatever. I love communication in that way. I love writing and speaking, podcasts, whatever. So yeah, it might be something that uh, we can, we'd 
we'd consider. Um, is there is there something that mm-hmm. you, know, you you kind of have heard and you know what our podcast is about? But um, I I'd be curious if you had like an idea, and you don't have to share it now, but maybe maybe later on if you have anything that you think that we could talk about. Yeah, I mean even. Even if even if you what you write is just a collection of poems, because mm. as a lyricist, that's basically all it is. Mm. is you're writing a poem yeah. and then you know creating music around it. So, right. um, I okay. think that's also a great way for people to meditate in the morning. But we can talk about it. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. when you go through, and I assume because you're creating such a safe space on the app that you have to go through and you have to filter through writing that's submitted and stuff like that like does that does that is that informed by by your own journey or is that something that there's a little bit of a, an analytical side to it where like we can have this we and we can't have this um how, how is that for you yeah I'll tell you right now that I actually loathe analytics I just I don't want to look at numbers yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do it that's why I have you know, you hire people and you find people to do that for you. Yeah. Um, but I think with our Bible app, it's a bit of both where, yes, we're looking at the analytics and figuring out what people want. But sure. initially, it's just having an ear to the floor and listening to what people are talking about. And so right now, I mean, one of the things that we had to learn and grow with, just as I think everybody else, was finding a way to be more inclusive and aware of trans and non-binary folks. Mm. And yeah, and it was, and, or using language that is ableist. um, Right. You know, like, like, you know, Jesus saying, get up and walk. And then the preacher saying that not being able to walk is somehow um, a terrible thing, a bad thing. Imagine being a person who sits in a wheelchair, just thinking, well, I know I can't walk, but that doesn't make me like bad, you know? So, yeah. So it's, 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 it's really is a lot of work of, of understanding people and where they're coming from and how to like kind of dust off, dust off some of this like corporate entangled language on the gospel and like shine it and make it new and more relevant to today. And so we rely on our authors to bring their own expertise. We rely on our podcasters to do the work of like talking through that because it has to be a conversation and ongoing. And um, I rely on my team to hold my feet to the fire to make sure that we're being as honest and truthful um, with our messages. Yeah. I'll honestly say that I could never do any of this without Teresa Ta, who's my amazing editor. Aww. And she just kind of sits in the in the background there. But I mean, guys, nothing would ever get published if it weren't for <laughs> Teresa Ta. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, you need somebody that, that is the refining fire for you, right? Like you yeah. are bringing things in, you're putting things out that just, it needs clarity. It needs direction. And, and I think it gives you the freedom, whether it be literally you, the author or whatever authors you have writing, but it gives you the creative freedom to just express. And then you can have somebody come in and say, Nope, don't need that. Don't need that. Glad you wrote it. Glad you thought it. But here is what I see as the through line. And this is the important context of what you're saying. I'm curious, do you have, do you have like, um, I know you offer a lot of different, uh, translations of the Bible, but do you have one that you feel like cuts to the meat or cuts to the bone for you? Yes. So this is interesting because it has changed for me. When I was in high school, I loved the Message Bible. Mm. I mean, do you remember when it came out? Yeah, of course. It felt so, so, in a way, it felt so swaggy. It was like, there was so much like hip verbiage around everything that you're like, oh yeah, I could, I could say this when I'm out evangelizing to all my other teenage friends on the street. I know. Like, and I know, cause I would use, like, I think it even uses the word stupid oh, or idiot. Sure. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. <laughs> um, but now I, I'm, I really enjoy the common English Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, yeah, but we've had quite a few people just kind of pitch new Bibles to us. Um, and it just takes time to kind of figure out how to get them on the app um, without like licensing and stuff. But I'm curious what your favorite versions are. We also love the Common English Bible. That's the one that we use at our church most recently. and Yeah, it's, it's been, a jam. It's been great. I feel like it delivers context and 
original text. Yes. Which mm-hmm. I love. Like, I feel like, I feel like there's a great balance of it being able to describe how it relates to us now, but without losing it's, it's almost, it almost feels to me like, um, a literary amplified Bible. It feels like it gives mm. you that amplified description, <laughs> but it, it dials it down into something that still contextually makes sense and makes sense in the flow of the way that we read. Hey everyone, want to take a quick moment to say thank you for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please share this episode and rate and review the podcast as it helps others find this online community. Thanks so much. Now back to the episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I like that one as well. And I think for me, I grew up uh, reading in the NIV and, and memorizing in NIV. And so yep. there's a sense of familiarity. And so I there's times where I want that up and as well as, you know, either the common English or the message because then I'm able to yeah. kind of like it's almost the message almost takes you and I don't know if anyone listening I'm I'm not meaning to offend but it kind of takes you like out of like the the bible like I don't know a lot of the typical bible verbiage and so for me I I need that at times because there's still a lot of um triggers essentially uh for me that i have with a lot of bible bible verses or bible verbiage um that i i just get like almost like i'm just walking on eggshells while reading i'm like okay what's it gonna say what's it gonna say and so having like the message there kind of helps ease me into um i don't know the the whole the whole of the message and the and the the context of it rather than just like these words that I've read my whole life that you know has been translated as you know condescending or keeping me in a box and whatever so I like having yeah. multiple translations to just kind of like guide me through you know reading reading the bible yeah it's it's important and um I have I have the same hang up where I will remember a verse I mean, mm-hmm. there's that train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Yes. That, that is so freaking true. But also, <laughs> because I spent my childhood memorizing Bible verses, you know, I, I, I sometimes forget that, like, when I quote it, I, ha- I have to remember what version it is. Yeah. Otherwise, it, the, the language has completely changed mm-hmm. and it can give me a new window into the text, um, which is different actually from denomination to denomination, how you actually interpret the text, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, the Bible is, it's quite, it's quite interesting the way we decided to use it today. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, like you said, like it can change so much just with, with the, whoever is translating and rewriting the Bible. And, and you yeah. guys talk about how it it's, um, it was created to make space for everyone from agnostic to fundamentalist. And like, but you yeah. are a progressive Bible app. So how do you, yeah. how do you hold space for f- anything between fundamental Christianity all the way to agnostic while also pursuing the path of progressive Christianity? Yeah, I think we have stayed away from dogma and the closest we get to dogma is, you know, we will uh, incorporate liturgy when those times matter, you know, like you know, East Christmas, the Advent season, and um, what's that after Christmas? What's that called? Oh, um, you know this one, Epiphany. Yeah. Epiphany. Yeah, we got <laughs> oh, ma- sorry, we got married. <laughs> we got married on Epiphany, January sixth. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I only just learned about Epiphany through doing this Bible app. That's not something you know incorporated into the Adventist faith, but. Yeah. We uh, we try to stay as far away from dogma as possible, and I think dogma is something that you need when you go to church, when you are like entrenched in um, a religious practice that the tradition of it really means something to you. Sure, mm-hmm. I mean it becomes militant in a way, almost. Yeah, and I think that's an important part of religion, but maybe not such a huge part of personal faith and learning how to 
how to treat people better and treat yourself better and be one with a Christ and, you know, feel his, her, their spirit living inside of you. So um, we actually reach out to authors who, like Chris Stroop, who was raised Seventh-day Adventist and is now uh, a, a very agnostic person, but understands that spirituality is a large part of, of who we are as, as people. We're sexual people. Yeah. We are physical people. We are spiritual people, whether you believe in God or not. Yeah. Um, and so that's, I think that's what we try to hold there. And the idea behind it is that spirituality is a spectrum. You know, you could, I just don't believe in the word backsliders. I don't think that there's anything, <laughs> you know, it's just, Agreed. you, you, Right. You're, you're constantly growing in your faith. And sometimes that looks like going to church every single week. And sometimes that looks like not going to church and just, you know, going on hikes and, or reading a book or, you know, not knowing how to pray the thing that's on your heart. And so we want to give voice to people all over the spectrum, whether you are, um, we call it mystic. Some of it is like mystic Christianity where you're incorporating other faiths into uh, your Christian faith, you can incorporate Buddhism. You can, if you care about, you know, the, um, um, I know that there, yeah, there are some, um, some, uh, native ways of viewing the earth and viewing the world that Mm -hmm. can also be incorporated into Christianity. Um, uh, what's the other one? Uh, astrology. I know a lot of people care about astrology and the Enneagram and, I just, I, I don't want to, my, my thing is I don't want to yuck anybody's yum. Right. You know, I don't think that's what Christianity is for. Yeah. No. Right. For sure. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we try to do that. And of course, continue to, to, to carry that burden of, of pushing forward the, the biblical narrative and, and um, finding ways to, to talk about those stories and uh, to better understand the Bible and how it informs our life today. So wow. we're trying. It's a huge mm-hmm. task, but yeah. we're trying. You're doing a great job. <laughs> it's a conversation that Lauren and I have all the time now. Just like yeah. as we're rooting into our spiritual nature, like faith and religion re- don't define what our consciousness and our existence are at its most base form. So yep. we're, you know, with her having roots um, in her na- Native American heritage, like, we can tend to dabble into some of some of those thoughts and some of that those linguistics and and connecting to earth and finding spiritual uplifting moments through connecting with nature and all of those kind of you know things that those that elements. operate outside of traditional christian religion and i i had noticed i had noticed you guys have like um like a communities section on the app which i love is super cool <laughs> like interfaith and spiritual studies i and and maybe maybe this is a little bit more of a controversial question but is there is there a line for people that want to get into spiritual practices that are outside of their christian religion is there a line where it can become spiritual appropriation into a westernized Christian faith or are we just trying or, or is the goal to just shed like anybody's ownership over spiritual practices and just let us exist as spiritual beings? Hmm. Um, are you, are you saying, is there, is there a responsibility for me as, or, or the app to kind of govern that space? No, no, I guess I, I, I just mean it's a it's a space that's apparent on the app, and I'm just curious if you have if you have an opinion on on bringing in outside practices. Like like is there is there a line where say like I want to start practicing some like like I want to start using blue sage or white sage for my space, um, and I want to incorporate that into my prayer like. Or, or things of that nature where you, where you take meditations and, and I know yoga in in the states has been has become a bit of a commodity and an, and an exercise practice over the spiritual practice that it was intended to be in the first place so I'm just I'm just curious do you is there a is there a line for you or is that something that should just be more fluid and more up to the the individual 
Yeah, I think in some of our interfaith devotionals and the structure of a, of a devotional is, you know, you start with a thought or a quote or something to really ground the mind and the spirit. And it's usually a Bible verse, but with an interfaith author, it could be anything. Um, and then there's like the meat, the, the, the written work, the meditation, the, the thing that you're supposed to process. Um, and then at the end, if it, if it's not a prayer that you're offering, it can be, you know, sit down and journal and light sage or move your body in this way. And we have had authors do that and we will publish it to the app. And, um, honestly, it is up to the discernment of, mm the reader to decide this feels too pagan. I don't like this devotional mm-hmm. or this doesn't, I don't understand the, the, the sage part, but I do understand the sitting and, you know, noticing my surroundings and, you know, that part of, you know, the, this hypothetical devotional. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And the, the, I, I mean, honestly, I just, I, I think that the, you versions Bible app has just got Christianity tied up in a little bow. And what we are searching for on this, maybe the opposite end is to release that bow and give people the freedom to wade into this, wade into the water and decide how deep they want to be. Right. And I know sometimes we will release these interfaith devotionals and people will, you know, unsubscribe because it's terrifying. It's scary to think that faith can be that expansive, mm. you know, that people can, can, can find God in something, burning something, you know, physical as, as sage. Um, but I think that we need to stand in this space because what we're doing otherwise is just hemorrhaging people from, from mm. Christianity and from faith and from access to God because they think, God won't love me as I think that I can love God, you know? Like, how dare I tell somebody that you can't love God by burning sage, you know? Like, what? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah we, yeah, we talked about recently on a, on a podcast that, like, who, who owns God? Or, or at least right? who's trying to own God? Who's, who's putting in the footwork to try to establish a box around God? And, and why are they doing that? What's the point of it? And I love Why that are they guys- doing it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love that you guys are offering a space that like it is, you do offer it as a community. You offer it as an opt-in. Yeah. It's it's not something that's immediately right there. No. And I think when it comes to the ultimate truth, I think the truth isn't something that you have to bang into people. The truth always finds its way out, right? Yeah. So if you just, if you start to use sage as, you know, just an experiment, and then you find out that it's not for you, but there is another truth that you can find. I mean, tr- I'm just trying to say that truth truth is not something that, that you can um, cover up. It's not something that you can uh, fabricate or, you know, it, it is something that always comes to the surface. And all you have to do is to start searching mm-hmm. and you'll find it. Isn't that what God says? Right. <laughs> Seek yeah. and you will find. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's, if you're earnest about it, you will find it. You just have to let yourself begin to open those doors. And yeah. Yeah. So as a final question, do you, has there been something that, that you've grown into in your own personal faith that looks like something outside of the Christian religion or the Christian practices that you grew up with? Is there something that I do that is new to me? Um, Yes. <laughs> and I think, you know, this is just telling of my traditional faith, but in Adventism, you take the um, the Eucharist or um, the blood and the wine every 13th Sabbath. You know, every 13th Sabbath, you, you do the feet washing and you take the bread and the wine and it's an important part of, of our faith. But, you know, at my new church, we do it all the time. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that sure. is definitely new for me. And instead of abstaining, I join in, you know, I'm part of it. And I, and it doesn't come hand in hand with the feet washing, which is bizarre to me, you know, because <laughs> that's, that's what Jesus did, but it's, it's, not it's not important you know and mm. so in this it's not important in the same way and it's just another way of practicing the that part of of your faith and i have i've taken it into my heart and i've i've just you know begun to appreciate it and allow it to to be a part of experiencing church and spirituality with this community and we always do it basically holding hands mm. which is also great yeah <laughs> which is a bad time to hold I mean, to hold feet sure right, right, right. yeah you, you can do it virtually now you know just yeah maintain your space but hold hands yeah, yeah sure Awesome. Well, um, you know, it's been an honor. I mean, talking with you and learning um, some of your story. That's what we love here on this podcast. It's, we just love hearing um, the heart and the journey in people's lives. And um, yeah, so it's really just been an honor. And you're just an, an incredible human who does incredible things. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> so, I mean, thank you for all that you do and um, for providing such um, safe spaces and resources for people of all walks. I'm excited for the listeners to hear this and to uh, find you. Is is that okay if we link your account as well as our Bible app? Yeah, Crystal Cheatham and our Bible app, both of those. Okay. And I just want to say that the, the feeling is mutual. I've really enjoyed this and I hope I get to ex- have more of these experiences with you guys in the future. You're so good at asking questions. Oh. Like, this is a dynamic <laughs> duo, guys. This oh. is great. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Well, we will definitely be, uh, be in contact and talking further in the future. Thanks for being on and thank you guys for listening. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Hi, everyone. Just wanted to jump right back in and kind of comment on the sage, the sage conversation, the sage topic. Um, did want to mention that white sage is a sacred medicine with indigenous people. Um, and I, I, I just want that to be clear <laughs> that unless you are indigenous, white sage is not for you. Um, and there are other ways to incorporate even burning other things or sprays or oils or there's there's so many things and I think it's important to um, research your own culture and heritage and where you come from because everybody has ancestors everybody has the heritage everybody has um, practices and traditions and uh, I encourage you to look into your own if you are not indigenous and if you are indigenous keep smudging and uh, yeah Thanks for listening, guys.